0: Hi, I'm Manika Raman Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from the Globe and Mail. A quick warning today we're talking about the mass school shooting in Texas. This is the sound of a chaotic and tragic scene in Uvalde, Texas, on Tuesday an 18-year-old man walked into Robb Elementary School and started shooting. At least 19 children and two adults were killed. The children were all in the same classroom. The gunman was then killed by a Border Patrol agent. This is the worst school shooting in the U.S. since 2012, when 20 first-graders and six adults were killed at Sandy Hook Elementary School. In Uvalde, the community is still trying to come to grips with what happened. Well, here, guys. Here, guys. Here, guys. On Tuesday, after the shooting, some family members gathered at a nearby civic center and waited, anxious, hoping to hear the names of their loved ones announced over a speaker.
1: I saw her. I saw her. She's good. I just saw her. Okay, she's good.
0: Pedro Adame was reunited with his niece. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, Miha.
1: It's okay. We can't, we can't leave. Yes, we gotta, it. it's okay, we're right here, we're right here. Okay, it's okay. We're right here, okay? Hey, hey, we're right here, okay? Hey, it's okay. We're right
0: here.
1: Go inside, go inside. Come on. Walk right It's okay, Miha.
0: we're right here. For others, confused and with no answers, they continued to wait.
2: I keep asking questions of what's going on and nobody's telling me anything. Nobody's telling telling me anything.
1: And one of the parents was saying that there's kids possibly held at
2: the funeral home. And that's what brought me over here to find out what's
0: going on. Ryan Ramirez couldn't locate his fourth grade daughter, Alethea.
2: Were you seeing other kids leaving? Yes, yes, yes. There's kids there still right now, but my
1: daughter's not there yet.
2: Okay, and, um, and you haven't been able, to, and you checked in with them and they didn't know where, where she no, was? No, no, And
0: how are you feeling
2: right now?
1: I guess I'm just confused and worried when I'm trying to find out where my
2: baby's at.
0: Multiple news outlets confirmed that Alethea was one of the kids who was killed. Her dad posted a picture of her on Facebook, with angel wings.
2: Uh, She was very happy and very outgoing. Loved to dance and sing and play sports. She was big into family and being with the family.
0: A day after the shooting, Syria Arismendi talked to a reporter about her niece, 10-year-old Elia Garcia. She sounded like a good girl. She was.
2: <laughs> she was very sweet. I just don't understand how people could sell. That type of a gun to a kid, to an 18-year-old, like, what is he going to use it for? But for that purpose.
0: Today on the show, we'll talk to David Shribman. He's a contributing columnist for The Globe, and he won the Pulitzer Prize for his coverage of U.S. politics. We talked to him on Wednesday from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. David tells us about the state of politics in the U.S. that's helped create a country where, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics, the leading cause of death for Americans under 20 is death by gun. This is The Decibel. David, thank you so much for speaking with me today.
1: Oh, it's always a pleasure to speak with you, but it's not such a pleasurable time, as you know.
0: Yeah, and I know, I know you've covered a number of mass shootings during your time as a journalist and a columnist uh, in the U.S. I, I well, just one wanted... of them
1: happened right around the corner from where I am right now.
0: That was the Tree of Life uh, Synagogue? Right.
1: I walked yeah. right by there last night and again today, you, just you, as, you... on my regular walking route.
0: Huh. And what were you thinking when you walked by?
1: Well, last night I um, was thinking that here we go again, and uh, we have these senseless events all the time.
0: Yeah. You, you wrote an opinion piece on Tuesday night about what had happened in Texas, the shooting there in Uvalde, and in that piece you said that it is, quote, mass domestic violence American style, end quote. What exactly do you mean by that?
1: Well, I was m- trying to make the point that this is a crime against the American family and that... Um, We seem to be uh, punishing ourselves or uh, hurting ourselves for no apparent reason. Um, And it's become part of our uh, American um, life. And there's a generation of people who've grown grown up not thinking that this is the slightest bit unusual. They say, oh, it's horrible. But um, we wouldn't have said a decade ago or 15 or 20 years ago, that this was an astonishing uh, event and we would stop in our tracks. Now we just say, here we go again.
0: Why is American identity so tied to guns?
1: The old phrase, how the West was won, uh, was won in part by guns. The the clearing of uh, Native peoples from the East Coast and moving West was uh, through the use of guns. We now regard that as unforgivable. Uh, It should have been regarded that way then. Guns have been part of the... uh, American story. It leads us, of course, to the question about the Second Amendment, Mm. which talks about the right to bear arms. Well, I and many other people feel that the Second Amendment was written in the crucible of the post-American Revolution era, where um, militia were able to uh, stave off the British and to win independence for the young republic. I don't think uh, the founders and those who, um, a year or two later, Uh, passed the Bill of Rights, which I think was in 1790, um, uh, had in mind uh, mass shootings and 18-year-olds buying assault rifles and going to their schools or someone else's school. It's unimaginable to me. But the whole debate comes down to what that Second Amendment means, and people run uh, for office on preserving the Second Amendment or honoring the Second Amendment. We have here in Pennsylvania the Republican gubernatorial uh candidate ran on specifically that, and you see this across the country. And the NRA's original uh, purpose was to teach uh, young people, and so it began as predominantly and preeminently a safety organization. It got transmogrified around the um, 1970s into an interest group to preserve the uh, right to have for firearms and all sorts of other kinds of of things, and it is immensely uh, powerful by dint of its. It's prodigious uh, fundraising.
0: So help me understand, I guess, the NRA's role in America here. So what what does the NRA have to do with how Americans understand the Second Amendment? Like you said, you know, politicians running to protect the Second Amendment. How is the NRA involved in this?
1: Well, it, all, it's, it comes down to the usual thing. It comes down to money. The NRA raises a lot of money. The money is funneled to candidates who support that interpretation of the Second Amendment. Those people owe their uh, election in some small measure and perhaps in a big measure to uh, NRA money and also to the constituency of people who believe deeply that the Second Amendment would allow them to possess these weapons. And so it's a kind of a feedback thing in which the money... Is raised, it's distributed to congressional and, um, and, and on the state level and congressional candidates, and it feeds upon itself.
0: You mentioned that there was a turning point in the 1970s with the NRA where this organization changed what they stand for. Can you talk about that? What was the change that actually happened at that point?
1: Well, that was the first year of Jimmy Carter's presidency, the uh, kind of a liberal uh, Democrat who uh, looked askance at the prominence of guns. And in May of 1977, there was a NRA convention, as there was every year. A group of insurgents basically took over the organization and transformed it from a group of sportsmen uh, into a group that was uh, more militant in every sense, militant about preserving this very special uh, notion of what the Second Amendment uh, had to do, but it became a a very, very strong lobby organization in a city, Washington, that responds to lobbying. So it transformed its tone. By doing so, it transformed the tone of American politics and the tone of American life.
0: The NRA is actually scheduled to have its annual meeting in in Houston, Texas, this weekend. Um, Large exhibit hall full of guns being sold. Donald Trump is scheduled to make an appearance. Do you think that's going to go ahead in light of the shooting that's happened on Tuesday?
1: Well, it's only a guess, but uh, my guess is that the group won't be deterred.
0: This shooting that happened on Tuesday, it, this, it was the 27th school shooting in the U.S. so far this year, according to NPR. So that's school shootings is almost once once a week this year so far. Canada hasn't had any kind of mass shooting since since 2020 in, in Porto Peak, Nova Scotia. What have lawmakers in the United States done to prevent school shootings or, or mass shootings in general?
1: They've uh, done a lot and nothing. The thing they've done a lot about is to speak and the thing they've done nothing about is to act. We saw a senator from Connecticut who represented uh, an area where there was a brutal um, uh, shooting speak on the um, floor of the Senate.
2: In Sandy Hook Elementary School, after those kids came back into those classrooms, they had to adopt a practice in which there would be a safe word that the kids would say if they started to get thoughts in their brain about what they saw that day reliving, stepping over their classmates' bodies as they tried to flee the school. In one classroom, that word was monkey. And over and over and over through the day, kids would stand up and yell, monkey. And a teacher or a paraprofessional would have to go over to that kid, take them out of the classroom, talk to them about what they had seen, work them through their issues. Sandy Hook will never, ever be the same. This community in Texas will never, ever be the same. Why? Why are we here if not to try to make sure that fewer schools and fewer communities go through what Sandy Hook has gone through, what Uvalde is going through? Our heart is breaking for these families.
1: Uh, He is a Democrat and is unable to um, press forward with uh, gun control. Gun control advocates since 1968 have have largely failed to have substantial impact well, there is some um, evidence that there's some changes you know there was a very there were a series of um, midterm congressional primaries across the country yesterday and in one um, district uh, a woman whose uh, son was gunned down uh, ran as a congressional candidate and beat an incumbent by virtue of emphasizing guns and uh, gun violence so there may be some changes but boy you have 27 of these that's a big number.
0: Mm. Let's talk a a little bit about some of the comments emerging from from both sides of the political spectrum now. Uh, So Democrats, including President Biden, uh, Vice President Harris, and uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, they all said some variation around when will this end, we have to act. Why are we willing to live with this carnage?
2: Why do we keep letting this happen? Where in God's name is our backbone to have the courage to deal with and stand up to the lobbies?
1: A nation, we have to have the courage to take action. And now, Uvaldi,
2: when will it end? We must act to have it end. As a nation, we have to ask when in God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby?
0: What can we expect from the Democratic Party now?
1: You can expect a lot of talk just like that, but I don't think you can expect any uh, substantial action, not by the fault of their own, but they don't have enough votes. They do have uh, enough votes in the House, but not enough in the Senate. Um, they can't uh, change the filibuster law, which is something we could explain on this uh, show, but we need about six hours. Um, they can't change the filibuster law because one of the, at least one of the um, Democrats, whose vote you would need to, Change the filibuster law on this particular issue, is from West Virginia, where hunting is a uh, huge sport. Eliminating the filibuster would be the easy way out. Wasn't meant to be easy. I cannot support such a perilous course for this nation when elected
0: leaders are sent to Washington to unite our country, not to divide our
1: country. So there is no way he is going to vote to restrict guns or to allow it even to come to the floor.
0: So despite Democratic lawmakers wanting to do something different, nothing's going to change?
1: I don't think much will change. No, I think this is a question of, um, you know, I know the limits of moral suasion. We've certainly seen them uh, writ large, but I don't think there's going to be a political solution to this anytime soon.
0: From Republicans, we've seen, uh, heard lots of thoughts and prayers, uh, but now also a push for protecting schools by arming school guards, even, even potentially arming teachers. You know, I've been advocating for years, people, retired military, retired law enforcement, uh, outside the perimeter of every school in the country, and metal detectors. Well, and by the <laughs> way, it'll be a lot less yeah. than what we're giving Ukraine uh, with the 40 billion we're sending over there. What do you expect from the Republican Party as a response?
1: It's hard to imagine uh, what it might be. There'll be just some of the things you just mentioned, of course, Um, arming of uh, various elements of the school population and uh, increased security. And I think there'll be a lot of talk about mental health and um, community responsibility in that area. We don't know what motivated this 18-year-old. Uh, we do know it motivated the last 18-year-old, and that was a, an utter abject and reprehensible hatred of black people. But we'll, we'll know, learn more about this um, shooter in the days to come. Uh, so we'll hear a lot about mental health and about law enforcement, but I don't think we'll hear a lot about gun control.
0: David, you've watched... The U.S. respond to a number of, of, of mass shootings, as, as we talked about off the top. Is there anything different, you think, about this incident, this moment in time, that, that might mean a different kind of response?
1: Well, there's nothing different about this particular one. As we said, there have been 27 of them. But maybe the accumulation of them, the sense of futility that we all feel, the sense of repetitiveness, uh, the cumulative effect of all of that may reach a tipping point. But I don't know where it is. I don't know what, what straw will break this camel's back. Fortunately, we're in May and school's out in two or three weeks. Uh, but that doesn't mean the guns are going away.
0: That's a pretty sad state of affairs that you have to think about summer as a safe time for kids because they won't be in school. David, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today.
1: It's always a great pleasure, as I said earlier, but I, I hate the fact that it's on a topic like this.
0: That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman Wilms. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pacenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.